few years back, I took the kids to Wonderworks over in Pigeon Forge, and uh, they wanted to ride on this thing. It looked like a box, and it had these hydraulics, and it'd move around to do all these things, and and it was supposed to be a, a roller coaster simulator, and so I, I really didn't want to ride on it, but both of them were really excited about it, and so I got on it, and uh, we all re- rode, and I was pleasantly surprised. I, it really did feel like I was on a roller coaster. But then I got back out of the thing, and the illusion was destroyed. I saw again that this box just uh, sitting there. And, uh, you know, sometimes in life, we may perceive things a certain way, but that's not the way they really are. And uh, we need the Lord to reveal His truth about life, like we talked about this morning, but also um, just about Himself, who He is, and, and what His his uh, truth is. And so, uh, in this scripture, you have the story about the two men, uh, or, well, we're not really told two men, but uh, two people, uh, walking on the road to Emmaus, and they're talking about what has happened. You know, Jesus died, and he was, you know, now they, they found an empty tomb, and well, you know, the women say that he's risen, but we, you know, they heard a message from the angel, but we're really not sure what's going on. And they're, they're talking about it. They're kind of debating about what they think is going on. And Jesus walks up, but he's hidden from their sight. They don't know who he is, even though they perceive that he's, there's a person there. And he begins to enter into the conversation with them, and he opens up the scripture to them. I've often thought that would have been a great trip to be on. And uh, begins to explain how all the Old Testament pointed forward to, to Jesus. And, and the Bible says, uh, finally, he's going to go on. But they say, come on into the house. Uh, you know, it's late and, and we want you to, to eat with us. And so he, he comes and he eats and he breaks bread. And the Bible says their eyes are opened and they realize it's him. And he disappears. He's gone. And so... Uh, even though it's late, and they'd encouraged him to come to the house because it was late, they take off. You know, we got to tell somebody about this, and so they go back uh, to uh, the eleven, and uh, they they begin to share what's taking place. And then by that time, uh, Jesus had appeared to Simon, and uh, and so they're just rejoicing in what God had revealed to them. But as I was looking at this, I, I saw uh, at this in this chapter, there's a whole lot of speaking going on, an angel speaking. Uh, the women are speaking. Uh, th- these men are having a discussion. And ultimately, Jesus speaks, and, and he comes and joins in the conversation. Isn't it a great thing when the Lord shows up in a human conversation? <laughs> Uh, and uh, they, they begin to see and understand as they never have. But sometimes it's hard for us. We, it, we hear uh, testimony about what God has done. We hear uh, what God is doing. And, and, and maybe it seems a little hard for us to believe. And it takes a while for it to get through. But uh, ultimately, Jesus comes and he reveals his truth to us. Um, and I, I think we need to trust Jesus to reveal himself to us as we seek him. Uh, so the title of my message is, uh, 
The title of my message is The Revealing Work of Jesus. And we're going to talk about how Jesus reveals his truth to us. So look with me at verse 13 of Luke 24. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked him, them, what is this dispute uh, that you're having with each other as you're walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas asked, uh, answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that are happening there these days? What things, he asked them. So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb. And when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, How unwise and slow you are to believe in your hearts all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he's talking about the whole Old Testament, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. They came near the village where they were going, and he gave the impression that he was going farther But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. So they said to each other, Weren't our hearts ablaze within us? While he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us. That very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those gathered uh, with them together. Who said, the Lord has certainly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road. And how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. The revealing work of Jesus. How does Jesus reveal his work to us? Well, first of all, he explains his word. He explains his word. Verse 27 says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. He, he, literally, the Greek word means he brought it out. He brought out all the significance. Wouldn't that have been a great discussion to be in on? Uh, to hear Jesus, go through the Old Testament, Moses, the first five books of the Bible, and then on through the prophets, the rest of the Old Testament, and explaining thing after thing after thing after thing that pointed to him, that pointed to the necessity of his death as a substitute for sin, that pointed to the necessity of his resurrection, uh, that pointed to his purpose as the Messiah, as the one who was going to bring in the new covenant that God had planned. 
And all these things Jesus was explaining to them. Jesus explains his truth to us. Uh, He does that through the Holy Spirit today. The Scripture says that he sent the Spirit, and the Spirit reveals to us the things of God. And uh, as you are reading the Word of God, you can pray to the Lord and ask Him to explain His Word and reveal His Word to you as you're spending time with Him in your devotions. Sometimes He explains His Word through people like me or through our Sunday school teachers or or through maybe a discussion with another believer as you're, you're hearing and you're listening. Or maybe uh, you, you hear a scripture verse that you've read maybe a million times, but you've You just never had seen it quite that way before. And the Holy Spirit just reveals that truth to you and ministers to you through his word. Jesus uh, was taking them here. They they didn't know who he was, but he was showing them the incredible predictions that God had made about him. Uh, Some have said that maybe because of the incredible detail in this this account, that maybe Luke was the other one with uh, Cleopas. And, uh, and that he uh, was giving a first-hand account of what had taken place. If that's the case, and Luke wrote the book of Hebrews, then all that stuff that Jesus was talking about, maybe Luke took that and, and used it in the book of Hebrews. I don't know. But, but it's a great thing to think about. Aren't you glad that God explains his truth to us? Um, sometimes I've heard this testimony given um, before I was saved, the Bible made no sense to me and, and didn't minister to me at all. But once I came to Christ, it was like the Word of God came alive. What, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit of God explaining His truth, applying His Word to our hearts. And uh, He does that. And, um, he tells the disciples, He says, The Holy Spirit that I will send to you will guide you into all truth. Isn't that a wonderful gift that God has given? He explains His Word. By the way, when you talk about the resurrection of Jesus and and the work of Jesus, isn't it amazing that God has given us so many different evidences that that is true? Um, It wasn't just the eyewitnesses that saw Jesus, but for some 1,500 years, the, the, the scripture had been written. And over all this time period, God was predicting again and again and again and again and again what his son would do. So it wasn't just the eyewitness testimony. It wasn't just uh, the word of God that had predicted. But, but uh, God was even witnessing to them in their spirits, which we'll talk about in a minute. God was, was showing them in a lot of different ways. Uh, God shows us uh, his, his, uh, the reality of Jesus' resurrection today through, through the changed lives that we see. I love what the blind man says to the Pharisees. Well, you know, they're arguing with him. Well, we don't know what kind of man this is. And, and he says, well, what, what kind of man he is, I don't know. But one thing I do know, once I was blind, and now I see. God was revealing who Jesus was. Uh, through the, the, the incredible, supernatural work. And so he's explaining his word to them. He's revealing his truth to them. But Jesus is, is specifically looking at the scriptural evidence uh, for Jesus' uh, death and resurrection. 
So how does Jesus reveal his truth to us? He explains his word. Secondly, he opens our eyes. And by the way, explaining the word is intellectual. Okay? Jesus ministers to our minds by explaining the word to us. God made us with a mind. And I know there's a lot of people out there that think that Christians are people who check their minds at the door and don't use their minds and don't think about evidence and those things. But it's simply not true. God has given us a whole lot of evidence that Christianity is true. And one of those places of evidence is in His Word. And and so Jesus is appealing to their intellect. I'm glad that God meets us where we are. You remember Thomas? Thomas says, I I will not believe unless I put my finger into his hand, into his side. I will not believe. Jesus appears and he says, Thomas, see these nail prints? Put your hands in the nail prints. Put your hand in my side. Don't be doubting, but believe. See, God reached out to him in his mercy and revealed his truth to him in the way that he needed it revealed. Guess what? There are people out there who need to hear the truth of God's word and the evidence that God has given that his son has died in history, has been raised in history. There's eyewitness testimony, 500 of them if that's not enough. Uh, There is Old Testament prophecy. All of this mountain of evidence God has provided to appeal to the intellect of people. But God doesn't just reveal for our intellect and intellect alone. He also opens our eyes, and this has a relational aspect to it. I heard Tony Evans preach on this passage uh, while I was studying it before my vacation, and uh, I really liked his message. So you can go on uh, into a podcast and listen to it, and you'll get a little different take. But one of the things that, that he said that I thought was really interesting was, He said, a lot of people want to hear information about God. They come to church and they want to hear, they want to have their minds receive information. But Jesus wants more than that. Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants to come in and he wants to commune with you. And and, and what he said was, Jesus was acting as though he's going on. And he was waiting to see, would they just settle for the information or would they seek him personally? And, and, and as, I be, as I was looking at this scripture this afternoon, I noticed that it says uh, early in this scripture, um, verse 16, they were prevented from recognizing him. And the word recognizing him is a Greek word, uh, epigonosko. And it's a word that means to know in, in more than just a surface way. It's used of knowing relationally oftentimes in Scripture. It's the same word that's used here in verse 31. Their eyes were open and they recognized him. They began to know him in that, that intimate way. You see, God wants what you know about him to go beyond just what's in your head to your heart. He wants to come in and disrupt your life. And to to lead you in his direction rather than your own. He wants to point out sin so that you can repent of it and live the abundant life. He wants to relate to you personally. And and he wants to have a close relationship with you. And so when they, they pressed upon him, they were seeking him. Come on in. 
That's when Jesus opened their eyes. You see, God wants to minister to your intellect, but he doesn't want to stop there. He wants to open your eyes to who he is, to relate to you in a personal way. Isn't that an amazing thought? One of the neat things about this story is that one of the two, and the one that is mentioned, you, we, who knows who he is? You don't hear about him anywhere else. But the one, there's one that's not mentioned. Isn't it great that God cares about the unknowns of this world? He cares about us, and not only does he care about us, but he cares enough to speak the truth to us and teach us his word, but he also cares and wants to have a close relationship with us. Um, He's breaking the bread. Maybe they saw the nail scars. Um, But whatever, whatever took place, God opens their eyes and they begin to see Jesus for who he really is. Did you know that the devil has a message about who Jesus is? He does. Uh, He'll whisper things in your mind. Uh, He will uh, use this world system. Have you ever seen and noticed how, my my family laughs at me because uh, it gets all over me. I'll say, they they always make the Christian the idiot. Have you ever noticed that? And, and so it just bugs me. It gets all over me. And so they'll start laughing when I talk about it. But, but the world uh, tends to, to paint things differently. And, and they, they paint Jesus in a certain way. That Jesus is this kind of weak, anemic, uh, feminine type of, of uh, you know, you've seen the pictures and stuff. And the world has their own view of who Jesus is. And God wants to set us free from that. He wants to open our eyes to the truth of who he really is. And and yes, he will teach us that in his word, but he also wants us to experience him personally so that he can show us what he's really like. Um, Isn't it amazing how we struggle sometimes? I'm speaking myself. I know that when I was under conviction and God was was leading me to, to repent of my sin and trust Christ and everything, I... I had this idea of what it would be like if I did. But what I didn't realize was the, the, the sweetness of the relationship with the Lord. How sweet it is to know Him. God wants to open our eyes to that. And not just by coming to faith in Christ, but He wants to continue to open our eyes to new things about Him. Um, one of the... One of the uh, we did the Truth Project a few years back, and, and uh, he was talking about how he uh, came across the, the name for God, El, Elkanah, the God of, of jealousy. And he began to think about that. And first it disturbed him, but then as he began to think more about it, and he thought about the love that God has for us, God had revealed a new truth to him, and it became a very precious thing to him. God wants Wants us to wants to do that in our life. Isn't it interesting how you have like you've got Hagar? You remember Hagar in the Old Testament, and and she goes out and and she's all there by herself and the, you know thinks she's going to die and and God gives her a promise and opens their eyes and they see the well of water and she she says this is the well of the living one who sees me. In her experience, God opened her eyes to something about Him. 
Uh, and she was never the same. She saw God, and she recognized that God does take notice of me, even though I'm a slave. He sees me. He cares. And her life was never the same. That's what God wants to do. He wants to show us who he is through our experiences, through our relationships. Even sometimes we were talking about it in, in um, um, the class tonight about when we fail. Did you know God teaches you a lot about himself when you fail? He teaches you about his grace. Um, I remember one time, uh, I had gone through this season of time being angry with the Lord, and, and uh, I'd finally confessed that and repented of it, but I just felt like I wasn't in a good place spiritually. And it was about at that time, maybe a couple months after that, that, that God called me to my first church as a youth and music minister, and I can remember God working in, in, in a couple of kids' lives there that one night, and I was just amazed that God would use me. And I learned something about God that night. I learned that even though I don't deserve it, He is still good to me. Isn't that a wonderful truth? He opened my eyes to something new. Isn't it amazing? Listen, it would take eternity to understand everything about the great God that we serve. He is so great. He has so many facets of his wonderfulness and his glory. He has to open our eyes to the truth. Jesus reveals himself to us relationally by opening, opening our eyes to his truth. So... <clears throat> How does Jesus reveal his truth? Does he explains his word that ministers to our intellect. He opens our eyes that ministers to us relationally. And then finally, he touches our hearts that ministers to us spiritually. I love this. Verse 32, he says, So they say to each other, Weren't our hearts ablaze? I like the word burning better. Weren't our hearts burning? Within us, while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us. Oftentimes, I read God's word, and, and I know that God's word never returns void, and, and uh, there's always profit in seeking him in his word. Uh, but isn't it amazing those times when we come, and maybe in our in our quiet time, or maybe it's in a message and we're, we're hearing the Word of God. Maybe it's in a conversation with another Christian, and they're, we're talking about the things of God, and the Holy Spirit just begins to impress upon our hearts, this is for you, buddy. And He touches us. God is a personal God. And... <clears throat> He doesn't just minister to us relationally or intellectually, but he touches our spirits. He begins at when we're saved, he regenerates us. He makes us a new creation in Christ. He, he changes us within, and we have this, this new nature within and, and so forth. But he doesn't stop there. He continues to grow us and touch us. And the Bible talks about sanctification, growing in Christ as, as a process that we cooperate with 
but also that God does in us. He continues to mold us in our spirit and, and work in our spirit. But one of the ways he does that is through speaking to our heart. I can remember when, when I was uh, listening to the message, Religion versus Repentance, and the Holy Spirit of God just put his finger on my heart and said, Buddy, that is you. And I just sensed the conviction of the Lord so strong upon my heart. And I'm so grateful for that. God's a personal God. Listen, I wasn't seeking for him. He was seeking for me. And he has continued to convict me. He's continued to encourage me. He's continued to do these things in my life. I'm so grateful for that. And I hear you guys talk about how God is with you. There's one man uh, in my last church who, who told me as he cared for his wife who had cancer, he said, you know, I couldn't have made it without the Lord. He just touched me. He ministered to me. He sustained me. You guys have shared those kinds of things with me as well. Um, God ministers to us. He touches us. Have you ever been listening to a song? Maybe you knew the song. You've heard it 20 times, 30 times. But one day you're, you're struggling with something in your life and you, you've got that Christian song on and, and the, the Spirit of God just touches you and the tears begin to flow. You see, God is revealing His care for us, His love for us. He's touching our spirit. Um, the Word of God is powerful. And God takes that word and he touches our hearts through his word. Did you know <clears throat> this word is meant to, to touch us in the deepest part of who we are? As, as Jesus opened his truth to them, the Holy Spirit used it. The Bible says the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. When you're witnessing to somebody, God touches their heart. He reveals himself through the truth of his word applied by the Holy Spirit. Each, each Sunday morning, Philip and I pray up here. And any of y'all want to join us, you're welcome to. But we come up here about 8.30 and we pray for the service. And one of the things we pray for is for God's spirit to be present with us. Why? Because there's no power in Roger. There's no power in Philip. But there is power in Jesus. And when he takes those words that we speak or those songs that we sing and he fills them with his power, the hearts of people are touched and they're changed. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he spoke to us in the way? Jesus revealing work. Jesus reveals his scripture by explaining it to us, ministers to our intellect. He opens our eyes to minister to us relationally, and he touches our hearts to minister to us spiritually. <clears throat> Are you ready to hear the word of God, the touch of God, to the experience of his presence in your life? Open your heart to him and say, Lord, here I am. Guide me in your steps. Don't continue. Don't, don't just let church be the ending, ending point. Don't just get the information. 
the intellectual knowledge, okay? That's good. You need that. But don't stop there. Invite Jesus to come in so that he can open your eyes and touch your spirit and change you at the deepest level. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your revealing work. Thank you that you care for us and that you're a personal God. Thank you, Lord, that once we were blind, but now we see. Father, I pray that we would be open to hear your word explained to us by your spirit.